0: Hi, you're listening to a sermon from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. We're so glad you're listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit us online at oakhills.org or phone us at 916-983-0181. Well, our scripture reading today is from Second Timothy, chapter 1. And I'm going to be re- reading verses 3 through five, Second Timothy 1, 3 through 5. <clears throat> I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois... And in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. Earlier this week I was thinking about this arising series that we have been in for a few weeks now, this post-resurrection, post-Easter series we began. And for various reasons, kind of out of the blue, I, I probably could not articulate exactly why, but the thought occurred to me to change this week's focus, and so we have decided to change this week's focus and sort of ditch the series for this week and celebrate mothers and reflect a bit on the importance of being a mother. So it's been said many times already, but I want to say it again, simply wish you a happy Mother's Day and express gratitude for the way in which you have shaped us throughout our lives. Some of us are with our mom right now in the same room. Some of us remember our mother fondly, but she has passed on. Some of us don't remember our mom so fondly because we have or still have a, we had or still have a strained relationship with her. And some of us may not even know who our mom is. But one thing we each have in common is that we all have a mother. My mom is 85 years old. She lives in Arizona, and ever since we have been broadcasting our services, she has been able to tune in, and she's been able to watch. And I wanted to show you this. Hopefully you can see it okay. But that's a picture of us a few years ago. That's my mom, and that's me, little Razor, with my mom. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to my mother. She has been a wonderful shaping influence on me for all 56 of my years. My mom grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and she was a huge fan of the Ohio State Buckeye football team. And I remember vividly as a kid, she would go certifiably insane watching Ohio State football on television. I have these unforgettable memories, they're etched into my mind, they'll never leave. These unforgettable memories of her leaping out of the chair when a player looked like they might be running for a touchdown, and she would quite literally jump up and down and scream at the top of her lungs, and if the guy scored right there on the spot, she would break into the Ohio State fight song, and she'd kind of jab me in the ribs and say something like, what do you think of that, Michael? Michael? Now, she only called me Michael when she was needling me in this sort of way or when she was mad at me for something. And of course, that never really there was never really anything to be mad at me about, so that really never happened. But I want you to imagine this for a second. The year is, let's say, 1972, maybe 1974, somewhere in that time frame. It's a Saturday afternoon. I am somewhere between 8 and 10 years old, and my mother is jumping up and down and screaming about an Ohio State football game on television. And I remember thinking, even way back then, somewhere in the recesses of my brain, I'm thinking, she's different. She's not like my buddy Kevin or Grabs' mom. There's something unique about my mom. And today I want to be one voice that encourages all mothers... be a different kind of mother, what I'm going to refer to today as an uncommon mother, because children and families, and I mean children regardless of their age, children and families and our society as a whole need uncommon mothers and uncommon grandmothers. Now, I don't actually think I have ever given a message on Mother's Day about mothers. So this is risky. It's risky because I'm a 56 year old guy. Enough said. You get it. It's risky because there's no way in this short time to cover every angle that there is about being a mother. It is inevitable. In other words, I'm going to overgeneralize. I'm going to say things for which there are all sorts of yeah buts and I will insufficiently nuance this message, I am sure. In addition, this is a bit challenging because as Colleen prayed and as has been mentioned already, there are many who are watching who are not mothers and who never will be mothers. And for these reasons and many others, I'm sure are why I've shied away from Mother's Day messages about mothers. But being a mother matters a lot. And sometime earlier this week, for reasons I can't explain, it just kind of reached out and grabbed me. Being a mother matters a lot. And so today, I want to encourage mothers to be uncommon. And I want to challenge non-mothers to call out and affirm and celebrate the uncommon in the mothers around us. And there are many ways, obviously, to be an uncommon mother. But I want to mention three ways to be uncommon. An uncommon mother is first an example of genuine faith. In the passage I read in our scripture reading, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy was an important leader in the early church. He was a good friend of Paul and he was a fellow servant in the cause of the gospel. And Paul says in verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, And in your mother Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. This is just a beautiful picture of real faith flowing from Grandma Lois to Mother Eunice, and now to Timothy, the early church leader. From one generation to another generation to another generation. But this is not just a dusty and crusty kind of rote religion Paul is talking about, or sort of ritualistic faith that lives all in the head. Paul affirms Timothy's, quote, sincere faith. Eugene Peterson's phrase in the message is honest faith. My favorite is from the King James Version, where it is translated unfeigned faith. And the word sincere is actually close to the word hypocrite in Greek. So Paul is literally saying for your non-hypocritical faith, he affirms Peter. It is, or uh, Timothy, it is a genuine faith in God. Now the question is, what does a genuine faith look like in a mother's real and actual everyday life? And I may be one of the least qualified to try to propose ideas to flesh out what genuine faith looks like in a real mother's life, but I'm going to give it a shot. I think it looks like a relationship with God that is organically woven into the everyday experiences of being a mother. And children and families can sense this organic relationship with God, and they are shaped by this relationship with God. So an uncommon mother's faith kind of saturates, we might say, her everyday life experiences. It is not forced, in other words. Her faith, her Christian conviction, is not a high-pressure performance. But there's an authentic confidence in God that shapes how a mother navigates her everyday life experiences and the oncoming challenges that she faces. Again, I'm trying to just tease this out a bit to give us a a little bit of an understanding. But an uncommon mother who has this kind of real and organic faith in God shapes the culture of those around her trying to find other ways to articulate this, who might say this, that I think a mother with a organic and real faith in God often finds herself asking her children open-ended questions about life, about their heart, about what's rumbling within them, about what they want to pursue, about who God is, and so on. What else does genuine faith look like in an uncommon mother. I think it looks like humility. James 3 and verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you, let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Uncommon mothers show the realness of their faith through their humility, embracing the actual life they actually have. I mean, let's face it, it is not easy to do the things a mother does without losing her mind, especially in these days of quarantine. Without a doubt, some of the interactions that I've had with people, the most stunning, the most amazing, the most inspiring have been interacting with mothers of young children knowing that they're in this quarantine and the kinds of things that they've had to do in terms of schooling and parenting and all the other obligations but now having to do it all from the quarantined house. It is hard to handle all the responsibilities of being a mother and humility sort of enters into these things and receives this as the actual life that one has. Related to this, where there's genuine faith, there is a culture of humility. And a mother is a crucial force in creating this culture of humility. It's a kind of holy letting go of agendas and outcomes for those who are around her. So a mother who is growing in humility, we could say it this way, is creating an environment where the people around her increasingly feel the freedom to be who they are. In addition, still thinking in this humility realm, a mother who is growing in humility is increasingly at ease with herself and with who she is and with who she isn't. And if I could offer a blessing, if there was one thing that if I just spoke it, it would become true, it would be this. That mothers of children of all ages would increasingly be at ease with themselves and with who they are and with who they are in the process of becoming. That the pressure would be off. The guilt would go away. The voices of guilt and shame and not enough would gradually get quieter. That this idea of being in Christ would literally settle the anxiety of the soul. And increasingly, that mothers would see themselves accurately with a decreasing instinct to hide or cover up their glorious brokenness. See, where genuine faith in God is growing... There is humility. Now I think it is important to mention here that humility is sometimes mistook for subservience. As if a mother's job is to do all of the mundane tasks to make everyone else's life easier. And that is just not true. And it is not humility for a woman to agree to that deal. Timothy's mother and grandmother were women of sincere and genuine faith. They modeled this, I'm sure, in a multitude of ways to young Timothy. And it marked him for the rest of his life, and it prepared him for eternity. So, an uncommon mother is, secondly, a nurturer of an eternal being who has an eternal purpose. Dallas Willard used to say, you are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. It's important to think about what you'll be doing in 10,000 years and to prepare for this now. See, you will always exist. A million years from now, you will exist. And there is now and there will be then a purpose. For your existence. A million years from now, your children will exist. And there is now, and there will be then, a purpose for their existence. And mothers have a crucial role in nurturing this. In the lives of those around them. So it is important to remember that beyond the daily demands and chores and responsibilities of being a mother, and beyond the crying and the diapers and the career responsibilities and the financial pressures, mothers have a unique and essential role in nurturing our eternal life and our eternal purpose. A mother's example, her words spoken, Her compassion, her listening to us, her questions, the culture she creates, the things she prioritizes, the things she values, they mark us for a lifetime and they prepare us for an eternity. And this is not intended to whip up any guilt at all, but to remind mothers, of their profound creative power to form and reform and transform the inner world of eternal beings. Mother has incredible power to shape her children, to shape her family, and to shape the society in which we are currently living. took me a long time to try to figure out how to articulate this second attribute of an uncommon mother. And I chose the word nurturer on purpose, not to box mothers into a prefabricated role that religion or culture or some idea from the past says a woman or a mother should have, but to reclaim the importance of a mother's nurturing presence in the growth and development of an eternal being who has an eternal purpose. See, being a mother really matters. Mothers shape people. Mothers shape families. And mothers shape societies. Women I respect for who they are, their heart, who they're becoming, their faith, their character. Women I respect for their leadership and their teaching and their wisdom and their ability to get things done and accomplish things have often said to me, or stress to me in one form or another their conflicted passion to nurture and develop their children, this instinct they have to nurture and develop their children, but on the other side, the tension to be out and accomplish and all the rest of it. And just to be clear, nurturing in the way that I'm using it here is not making dinner and doing laundry and cleaning bathrooms. Nurturing is bringing things to life. Nurturing is growing marigolds. Nurturing is putting things into the soil and working the soil and watering it and making sure that it gets enough light and actually having a hand in bringing forth life. That's how I'm talking about. Nurturing. So nurturing is bringing forth life and goodness and hope and passion in other people. And a mother has an irreplaceable role in nurturing this in eternal beings who will live forever. About eight years after he resigned the presidency, Richard Nixon was being interviewed about his life. It's just a fascinating set of interviews that I have watched many times. He was about 70 years old. At the time of these interviews. And he had reached, as we know, the pinnacle of the world's power mountain, and then he fell all the way back down to the ground. His mother's name was Hannah, and she had died many years before these interviews took place. But in this interview, Nixon said, and this is a quote, My mother was a saint. Now, A lot of people say things like this because they feel like they have to or because it sounds really good and it's heartwarming and so on. But Nixon actually meant it. His mother Hannah was a quiet Quaker and she had a genuine faith in God that found humble expression in the gracious way she lived out her everyday life and it marked Nixon for his entire life until his very dying day. He told of a particular day when Hannah discovered a customer who'd been stealing groceries from their family grocery store. And Hannah just sort of gently and quietly followed this woman outside and calmly asked her, did you plan on paying for those groceries? And the woman burst into tears on the spot and she admitted she had been stealing for a very long time. And she pleaded with Hannah not to tell her husband because her husband would not be happy with her. And Hannah assured her that she wouldn't tell her husband. And she arranged for the woman to pay it all back at $5 a month for the next year. And Nixon talks about this and he can barely hold back tears. This is a 70-year-old guy who's tasted the delicacies of world power, but he can hardly talk about the impact of his mother without losing his emotions. Mothers have incredible power to influence and shape and form and reform our inner world. I was struck recently by the raw and authentic words of a young mother her name is Andrea Palpant Dilly. She's an author, and she is an editor of a magazine, one, one editor at a magazine that's called Christianity Today. And she writes these words. It's fairly long. It's in your app if you would like to follow along. She wrote, I spent years wearing suit jackets, directing camera crews, and controlling high-end edit systems before I had a kid and dropped headlong into the vomit-laced mess of motherhood. Three years later, I had another child, and then two more in the space of three years, the last of whom was conceived six months after a, quote, successful vasectomy. The pregnancy was so unexpected that I made it halfway through before I even knew I was pregnant. The news produced the same shock and tremor as a meteor crashing through my kitchen window. I was not prepared to parent four children ages six and under. Three months in, I'm still reeling. I feel a deep obligation to care for my children in these young years, but I also miss the workplace, the collegiality, the productivity, and the dignity of a clear identity. The fact that I chose to stay home doesn't necessarily make it easier. I find myself in a state of persistent stress and feel more sympathy now for why women stick their heads in ovens, divorce their husbands for no apparent reason, or drop their kids in an orphanage. Caretaking is difficult. It's an invisible, often monotonous job that requires tremendous fortitude and discipline. Although I might take flack for saying this, I often take care of my kids out of principle, not desire, and have to remind myself daily that what I do is perhaps one of the most important vocations available to me. I'm raising eternal beings for eternal purposes. Mothers across the globe are imbued with the extraordinary potential to nurture crucial bonds with their kid, kin, and the degree to which we affirm that motherhood is the degree to which our families and communities thrive. Great phrase. Raising eternal beings for eternal purposes. It's a powerful thing to think about. Julie, my wife, nurtures the eternity in our kids so very well. They're in their 20s now. And here's how she does it. She nurtures by listening to their heart's desire. She nurtures by celebrating their pursuits without infecting the celebration with her agenda. And she nurtures them by pouring life on their ideas and on their dreams. So I honor mothers today because beyond all of the everyday duties and responsibilities, whatever they may be for you, you nurture life and meaning and purpose in the rest of us. And it marks us for a lifetime and it prepares us for an eternity. Lastly, an uncommon mother is a profile in courage. Timothy grew up under the influence of his Christ-following mother, and grandmother, Eunice and Lois. His father, we are told, was not a God follower. And through Lois and Eunice's example and guidance, and through God's spirit that was at work within Timothy, Timothy became a crucial leader in the early church, facing all of the dangers, all of the threats, all of the challenges the church faced in the midst of a volatile and violent Roman Empire. So somehow, And in some way, his mother and his grandmother nurtured courage in him. Courage to follow his path and pursue his calling. And in today's big and scary world, it is crucial and it is essential for mothers to be courageous and instill courage in their children and inspire courage in others. And I get it. The courage thing is often considered the man thing. I get it. But I simply do not see courage as an exclusively male trait or commodity. Men and fathers should certainly be courageous and pass it on to their children. But because mothers have such wonderful nurturing instincts and gifts, because mothers are so good at care and so good at protection and so good at compassion, it is incredibly powerful when a mother lives courageously and at the right time and in appropriate ways fans the flame of courage in her children and in those around her. A mother who fans the flame of courage in her children is setting her children free to venture into the world and find out who they are and live out their lives and pursue their dreams, and most importantly, a mother who fans the flame of courage is telling them, and infinitely more important, showing them that they are ultimately God's children, not hers. As the Bible says, many times, but in Psalm 91, for one of those times, she's telling her children that they actually find refuge under the shadow of of God's wings, under his feathers, they find protection and provision. So a mother has a unique power to instill courage and help her ch- children learn to live without fear. And what a gift that is. We have this tree in our backyard, and there's a nest in it with several screeching baby birds these days and the other day we watched the mother fly across the street in search of food and the whole time these babies were screeching waiting for their provider to return and keep them safe satisfy their needs and that's all good it's all part of god's creative order but the day is going to come and it is going to come soon when the mother will begin to coax her young out of the nest. So they learn how to fly and find food for themselves. And it is a big, scary world these little baby birds are flying into. And there's lots of danger in this big, scary world. And many of these little baby birds are not going to make it. But if they stay in the nest, while they might survive, they won't actually live. So what do our children love? What stirs the soul of our children? What awakens our children early and keeps them up late? What unique gifts do our children have? What insecurities do we see settling into the souls of our children? And how can mothers... Breathe courage in our children to chase the things they love and follow the stirrings of their soul and use the gifts they have and walk straight toward the insecurities and live in this big and scary world with courage. See, fear paralyzes. Fear produces second guessing. Fear breeds elitism. Fear creates anxiety. Fear fosters self-doubt. Fear stifles. Fear breathes despair. And so mothers who promote courage and life without fear give their children a priceless gift that will mark them for a lifetime and prepare them for an eternity. Well, that's enough talking. One of the things that we want to do here at the end of our time together is give you an opportunity uh, to affirm, to call out, to encourage, to name the uncommon in the mothers you know and in the mothers that are in your life. And so we want to take time right now and invite you to... Grab your phone and send a text, get on your computer and type an email, or you can go right on to the Facebook page that if you're watching this, you're on right now, and you maybe have seen the names of other people on there, some of whom are mothers, or maybe you know there are mothers watching. We want to give you a few minutes to simply post things that are an affirmation to the mothers you know, that call out the uncommon, that celebrate the uncommon, that offer your gratitude for the mother's who have shaped and influenced you. And my encouragement to you is to do this now and find ways to do this today with your words, with your writing, with cards, whatever, to let the mothers in your life know the role they've had in your life, the way they have shaped you, and the way they have formed you. So we're going to give you a few minutes. Manuel and Henway are going to come, and they're going to lead what is a beautiful song about uh, children and about parents. And so if you would like, you can just simply... Uh, receive the song that they're going to sing, but my encouragement is to be bold and to be affirming of the mothers that you know.